well, good afternoon. Uh, my name is Alain Rodriguez. Jorge Rodriguez, my first name, and then uh, my middle name is Alain. It's uh, French for Alan. Um, I don't know why my parents named me that, but like I think there was like a famous actor, uh, soap opera actor in Latin America, his French background, so Alain uh, Rodriguez. Um, so if you are here for burns and wounds, this is the the topic, um, and so welcome. The so I really appreciate uh, iTech. Um, they, uh, Dr. Trina Weiskopf actually put a lot of these things together. I had the opportunity to go with her over to Ghana and do some community teaching over there. Um, I don't know, 10 days maybe? I don't know, 7 to 10 days teaching community people, like to people who are like in fire for the Lord that want to really use strategies to go into villages and evangelize. Like in this, actually, this happened to be like unreached areas. Um, so I'm really thankful for that. So this is some of the teaching that was done over there. And just now, I think we have different levels of like expertise. So this is more like, this is something that anybody could use, and there are some limitations. So let me just get some background on maybe like, a, like what, what's your background in healthcare? Can somebody just tell me what some of their background in healthcare? Like nursing. Nursing, nursing nurse practitioners. How about over there? PA. PA. Okay, residents, yeah. Oh, sorry? Family dogs, yeah. And uh, some of these pictures, like I show my wife the pictures. She she doesn't like blood. She didn't get grossed out except for the wounds, so it should be fine, okay? Um, except for the wounds. She, 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 she listened to the lecture. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, all right, so we'll do Burns and Wounds. I just, I just thought it would be funny to put Mr. Burns from The Simpsons, so... <coughs> it hurts, and it leaves a mark, yeah. Uh, and then, so, so let's start here. So I really hope that you still educate what burns and wounds and, like, how to take care of them, especially in low-resource settings. And, uh, and of course, there's limitations. I know, I know we have uh, some pediatric ICU burn people here. We got some people that work overseas that with burns, like, third-degree stuff. It's like, man, this is like, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't do, this is not for that, like, there's some limitations in that. And one of my favorite things at the clinic, so I work in Memphis, uh, primary care saying I'm a medpeds doc. I came from Peru, South America, uh, and then uh, went to med school in, I came in high school, then went to med school in Memphis, Tennessee, University of Tennessee, did my residency in, I don't know if you guys like Lexington, Kentucky or not, but like, but, like, I do like Lexington, Kentucky. I mean, I only went to two basketball games when they won. I don't know why. but I mean, I was working, right? But, like, um, but one of my favorite things to do is to, when I'm doing procedures with my patients, it's, like, it gives me opportunity to, one, is like, it's not like I'm trying to get fluid out of a knee. It's not happening. I'm, like, lower, help me, and boom, <laughs> things work out. Like, um, but also, like, as you become more familiar with the procedures, what you're doing, it gives you opportunity to talk more with the patients. And, like, the patients talk. They will talk to you. They will just talk to you. It's a good opportunity to, to build a relationship. And, and also just to share, like, the news. You can, you can, there's different gospel examples, different Bible examples you can use to share things. So, burns and wounds is something like, I mean, this is something like you're going to be seeing the patient if you're, like, a... If you're at, like in Ghana, where when if, if they are encountering somebody that has a wound, you're, you might be going and changing and taking care of them like daily, and so you're going to their home. So, 
take your opportunity. Um, all right, so the burns is like, I know we, uh, in the medical world, it's just like, it's just really about how much of your area and like how deep it is. And so some of the lingo has changed. I think when I was in college, I wrote a paper about burns. And then in med school, I don't know why I kept going to burns, and now I'm doing this burns thing. Uh, but like, um, but it, it used to be like, you know, first, second degree, and like now the, the, the talks, the, the, the terms are a little different now, like, you know, like superficial or like partial thickness, full thickness. I think for, I don't know, that's, at least that's what I read. Like in practical sense, we're just going to use first, second uh, degree. Um, and then like, I'll give you some pictures and like, and we'll just go about treatment. Like, so first degree is just the outside, right? Uh, the outside layer is, you know, the typical example is like, you know, sunburn if you're outside too much at the beach. I mean, when I was six, I, I got one big one in my back for, it was pretty bad. I don't know. Has, it, has everybody got a burn ever? Yeah. Yeah. It hurts, right? It hurts. Uh, the interesting part about it, as they get deeper, as the worse it gets, like the pain may go away <laughs> because it burns the nerve endings, right? So first degree hurts. Then you get like second degree, you can start getting blisters. Like so, for practical purposes, you know, you got blisters a second. Now, as, as far as a clinician, if you're like, oh, if it rubs off, it comes off, obviously maybe it's like the, you know, the deeper one and like, but just know that uh, you have the, you know, like it's red, hot, tender, and then you got the other one that is like blisters and it's also tender and probably warm. That's probably like a second degree. Uh, don't forget, like, as you, if you're seeing this happening, which, which may happen, like, I know somebody, it, it, this happened when we were doing the community visits in, in Ghana, they're cooking, open fire, right? I'm sure they, like, the, the risk of burns are much higher than when we cook here in the United States. You know, here in the United States, we have a nice stove and, you know, maybe no risk of getting burned. But, but also, the main thing is, like, when you're going there, you're trying to help somebody, don't forget that, uh, you don't get burned as well, right? Um, some of the common things that you might hear, like overseas or, or even where you're from, is just to like, oh, you put some oil, you know, oh, put some butter. Like, no, you, you, you want to get rid of the heat. Uh, oh, let's put some ice then, you know, let's do the opposite. No, you will damage the tissue more. You, 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 know, you, you know, the people that climb Everest and they stay on the dead zone and then they lose kind of, you know, it, it hurts the tissue. So you don't want to put, like, ice and freeze the tissue that's already burnt. So, yeah, so the first thing is stop it. The best thing is, like, cool water. You know, in the United States, you can mix it. And I say United States in quotes because we have good technology. So you, we, we may have, like, cool saline already in the refrigerator. So you mix it with normal, like, room temperature saline. That's, I don't know, places where I read that's the right temperature. But if you're in the middle of nowhere, it's just clean water that's room temperature. Um, the next thing is also like, okay, where is it? Where in the body is it? Like, how much of the body is, uh, it's, 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 uh, has caused the burn? Like, and then like, and then also then you're, oh, is this the first, second, or a third, you know, degree? Um, and this is part like what we tell the community workers, like, document where it is it because then you know where it is when you come back again and see if it got worse and so. Because if you don't document, right, like, you may, you may, like, the mind is not as quite as 
uh, it doesn't remember as well as we think. Like, um, so it's good to look at the record. Um, and then sometimes if you're doing visits to clinics or, or to different places, people might come. Let's say you're doing a medical trip somewhere. Like, and, oh, you're here, your medical thing. They might come in with showing up the stuff that happened to them. So uh, on those, like, because infection doesn't develop initially. At the beginning, it doesn't. You will not get infection initially. You will get it maybe a few days later, several days later. So you may, as people are coming to show you their burns or their wounds, just kind of see for signs of infection. Um, okay. So these are the things that, this is for some of the limitations. So, so you got some red flags, like, Burns in certain locations, you always consider red flags. Like, and then I, I like to just say like red flags or things I need to go to the hospital see a specialist. It's mostly because, I mean, I don't know. I, it's good to know the differences, you know, like the black and white, and then you can play with the gray. So this is a black and white kind of thing. It's, this is not like a gray area. Um, so burns that are on the face, on the hands, on the feet, the growing area, like the genitalia, major joints, I think. Uh, burns that happen in like a burned down building, okay, because you may not be burned outside, but maybe the lips are a little dark, or you may have burned your lungs, you have like inhalation burns, like, uh, and then damage will happen later, like not immediately. And then when we talk about 10% body surface area, uh, more than 10%. Um, this is, look at your palm, like the, the middle, that's, that's kind of like about 1%, so you could go whoop, with the person's hand, right? Because let's say if I check my baby, I have a 15-month-old, you know, with my palm, like it, that's going to be way more, you know, my palm is 1% of me, not, not of him. So, yeah, that's just, just the person's hand. Like that's the quick, like we saw, the quick and dirty way to do it. Like, and then there's certainly... Other ways, there's this rule of nines. Um, at least, I remember being asked that question on my <laughs> surgical, whatever, surgical test in med school. There was something about this. Um, <laughs> uh, so I just, I just knew nine, nine, nine. <laughs> like A, B, C, D, there's a nine there? That's the answer. Yeah. Um, so you want to clean the wound. Uh, you want to allow the tissue to, to grow and be healthy. So you want to use, ideally, clean water, okay? You, I mean, not ideally. You want to use clean water. Uh, boil it one minute, and then, like, of course, if you are, depending on the altitude, if it's, you know, above 2,000 meters, maybe three minutes, okay? Um, but keep the water in a clean container. Just make sure it's not hot when you clean, use it. And like, this, this, this might seem like a joke, but, like, when you are on it, when you're doing this, when it's happening... You might be like, oh, my gosh, okay, it's boiled, okay, let's do it. Like, it has, I, I will not put it out of my mind that it has happened. Like, like, sometimes we're trying to do good and we just don't, we'll forget steps. Um, and there's different ways to make the solution. Like, you can put uh, salt, you can put Clorox, you can put vinegar. Uh, a little caveat on the betadine, povidone, iodine, that, that last one on that slide. It, it, that one may not allow quicker healing. That one, so I would say maybe stick to the salt, stick to the chlorox, stick to the vinegar. Um, yeah, so there's a huge... Yeah, we don't know what to do about blisters. Take them off, don't take them off. I, I asked my, my friend who's a surgeon in, in Memphis, like, like Memphis has a pretty, pretty, very good trauma, burn trauma place. Uh, I asked him, hey man, what do you do with blisters? He's like, ah, oh, it depends, man, it depends. And uh, 
So I, I think it really depends on the type of burn. Like if it's a chemical burn, you know, the chemicals will probably be there. So you may want to take them off. If it's just maybe a water burn or like, I don't know, how many, sometimes people lift up the stove and boom, they get burned on the hand. Or Yeah, maybe if it's like clean, if it looks like, you know, like good tissue underneath, you may want to keep it there just to keep the tissue um, protected. It's just really, it's a controversy. I don't know. Um, it, so it, it's, it's a maybe on that one. And certainly the skin is not infected if the fluid looks clean. Like, um, then this is kind of like, this is a lot of on this slide, but uh, there's more slides more specific to this. So the, we'll just go through that. So you want to uh, clean the wound, right? And um, remove the damaged skin. Then, uh, and just one thing, like, always, you know, wash your hands kind of like before you do this. Um, it, this goes unsaid, and even to the point that I didn't even put a slide on that. Uh, the other thing is also, like, that the person is in pain, right? The person is in pain. That, that would be a, a red flag also, like, the pain is so much that they need to go somewhere. I think what I've heard from Dr. Weisskopf is, like, well, you, normally they haven't taken things for pain before, so Tylenol and ibuprofen might do much greater than here. I don't know, like, my baby, he, he did great with Tylenol when, I, I don't know, it's just, it's different. Each person has different thresholds, so... Just no pain, I would probably put pain at something like, man, like this is something like if you can't provide like, over when you're visiting or just taking care of somebody, you're like, oh, yeah, maybe you got to be a good thing to go see the, uh, the hospital. Did I see a risk again? Please feel free to ask questions, actually. That would be awesome, okay? Um, then uh, you want to put a first layer, whether that's Vaseline, cream, and this is kind of like some areas of low resources, like there's aloe and honey. Actually, I think uh, Dr. Weisskopf's group, uh, they were doing the community thing, and, uh, and there was, like, some aloe there. And I think the, the person in the community was like, oh, you want it? And gave it to the students. And, like, so, so I think I, I was just like, oh, aloe in Ghana. I'm like, I mean, to me, that was mind-blowing, but, of course, I'm not from there. So uh, honey can definitely be used. Um, I don't know. Are you guys familiar with aloe? Yeah. Have you ever put it on your skin after going to the beach? Yeah, it works. Yeah. Um, so you put the first layer, right, and then you cover it. Uh, the second layer they call the fluffy layer. Okay, so you put that as well, and then the third layer is just kind of oops. It's kind of like just protection. So, and then you change this. I don't know. If it soaks up, you gotta change. You gotta change it off then. If it doesn't soak up, then you can do it either daily or, yes. So back on your contact layer, mm-hmm. on your first layer, that's a non-adherent dressing? That's correct, so yeah. It's like adaptive. Mm-hmm. So just a petroleum-based Yeah, yeah. Just making sure that it doesn't stick. Yeah, yes, so, th- yes, thank you. First layer, you don't want to stick it because when you're going to change it, you're going to make more wood. Um, so there's the U.S. has seroform, all these petroleum layers. Overseas, in a way, you w- the, the way you might do this is through Vaseline, or like, or through honey, or through aloe, uh, um, and then so, the, and then your third layer, and then you change this as often as it gets soaked up, um, and at least daily, I would say. Right? Uh, I read some places like every two days or three days, or if you put more honey, then you can spin it up. I was like, oh, I'll probably just say daily. Um, this is so important. I think uh, 
I learned this from Dr. Weisskopf mentioned this. Uh, I think when she visited Haiti, a person showed up with like, was the arm like joint together or burnt yeah, together? It was the hand the, yeah. So I think the hand healed, but instead of five fingers, he healed together. Right. And yeah, did you guys hear that? Like, so that person, you know, got care, got the gauze put on, but the gauze, it never took the gauze off, so it became part of his hand. Um, so this is kind of like one of the reasons why, oh, it's good to refer those out uh, for to get the appropriate care. Like, and this is where the gray area is, because I'm like, oh, maybe it's just the first degree, or you know, it, maybe it's not a bad burn, and like, you can take care of it, and, but... And, I was just talking with Dr. Eversol earlier, like, sometimes we spend, like, 30, 40 minutes educating somebody, and, like, and they, they, they don't understand what we say. So it's, like, we need to really be careful about how we do this to make sure it's fully understood, because this is important. If you lose your hand, it, it's, it's bad, you know. Um, and so you you got to wrap the toes. you got to wrap the fingers individually. It's, it's very important, because you don't want it to grow together, okay? You want it to be able to move your hands and your fingers uh, fully after it's all healed. Um, most 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 wounds, first degree, it may take seven days to heal. Second degree, seven to twenty-one days or so. If you start taking longer than that, maybe it was deeper than that, or maybe there's infection underneath or something going on. Um, so third degree, this is the one that is incredibly as as bad as this looks. Is I mean, if you touch the area, it's not painful. It doesn't blanch. Uh, obviously, it's it's pretty it's pretty awful. This will need like a skin crafting to heal and like. Um, but uh, but yeah, this I would recommend this to definitely be referred to a, a center. Now, if you're in the middle of nowhere, you may you may dress it as a second degree burn on their way to a third, you know, a trauma a burn center. Um, Um, yeah, this is what I mentioned earlier. I think you will apply it. Now, if you're in the United States, you don't, a lot of times you don't want to put stuff as they're going to the ER because when they go to, let's say if I work in the ER, somebody comes with a third degree burn, I'm going to send them to uh, in Memphis, the burn center unit. They would probably hate me if I put any stuff on it because once their patient gets there, they're going to take it all off, wash everything off to see the, the depth. So, so normally, if you have a, a burn center that is like right there and right next to you, you probably don't want to just just send them. You know, give them pain control, pain control, pain control. Send them, um, and then if you are like a day or two away from that place, then yeah, sure, do do dress it, pain control, dress it, clean it, put them in your I don't know, put them in your car, put them whatever, and go to that place. Um, this this opens opportunity. I know uh, I have a friend who just got back from a place in Africa where the hospital administrator, um, the daughter of somebody, uh, somebody's like a mayor in the town, then she just put daughter in the in her car and drove like you know like eight hours or something like that. This is like maybe 15 years ago, and the daughter got saved. So now now this doctor is a missionary doctor. Now she is like a daughter of the family on a close country. Like, uh, so I mean, like, yeah, I don't know. Take every opportunity. So we're we're still hoping like that they will come to know the Lord. But who knows? Sometimes it takes a long, a lot of interactions. But but, but anyway, it is the work of the Lord anyway. So um, uh, so just to recap the areas, right? 
more than 10%, right? So more than 10 of the palms of the patient. Uh, uh, there's the areas that, are, that could be dangerous, the face, the hands, the toes, the joints. The, the thing with the joints is like when you, when you get burn on the joint, the big joint, that as you're wrapping it, it may decrease the mobility as you're wrapping it. So if, you, if somebody's not going there and like doing all this, it might, it might not grow well. You may not have full motion. So. Um, and then patients that look sick too. I think this is dehydration shock. Um, some burns, like chemical burns, like acid, electric burns. And then we talked about inhalation burns. Like, um, how are we doing with burns? Yeah. Okay. Any questions? Yes. So if you were somewhere um, without access to care and you had someone with a third degree, would you like want to try to like fluid resuscitate them or start that, or would you just try to get there fast, like get to care fast? I will. That's a tough question because it depends how far it is. Like. Yeah. So uh, it. So most of your fluid shifts that you start running into trouble. Like as it is, that's where the ten percent thing is. Like as you're getting more than ten percent, there's all these fluid shifts that occur in you. Like, and that's when you are more uh, risk of like dying. Like so, uh, I mean, if it's like a, I don't know what would I would say if it's like a small one, you might be able to you know oh man this is gonna leave a mark but it's not gonna kill the patient. You know like, you know but it the location as well and. Uh, so if it's a large one, I'm like, okay, this this person might pass away. So let's go ahead and, you know, let's do sure the fluids and all the stuff on the way there. Like, um, Our major burns in the fall starts with fluid resuscitation greater than 20%. Mm-hmm. I can't across the table from the patient in Kenya several years ago that had a month's old mm. full thickness burn that mm. covered his entire leg. Mm. Yeah, it's a tough question. I think this is like, I know uh, Dr. Ebersole was sharing uh, just with me, I can write, the gentleman who's sitting behind you, like, somebody had 15% body, 50% third, 50% third degree, and basically the recommendation was, we had surgeon, but he said this child won't make it. Yeah, the recommendation was hospice. But we, yeah. we did, and she walked out. So they, they, they did the, the care, and then she walked out. So, um, I don't know. I think when I'm encountering a lot of times like hard, difficult things, I'm like, Lord, help me. Lord, help me. We like, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And I have no idea what the ultimate outcome was. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's. The, the, those things that are hard, they, 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 you will encounter those. And it, it will be a challenge every time. And, and, and unfortunately, sometimes you don't know what happens. Like. Um, and so, I, at least the, the part of the teaching that we do in the community, people, they're like, oh, at least they'll be in the community. They'll be doing this and I'll go and visit every day, every day. Um, so, just notice transition. Some of the transition of burns and wounds are very similar because they're very similar. The treatment is, can be also very similar. 
so just pay attention on the similarities and and the differences of approaches, okay? Um, so different kinds of wounds. I mean, um, we're missing a bullet wound here. And I'm, just think of anything. Have you guys ever got stitches? Yeah. Oh, this is a good lucky group. <laughs> Only like five people. Yeah. yeah. I got it like twice. And uh, I got my first stitches was um, I just came to the United States. I was 15. And I was playing in the backyard. And had a nice gash on my knee from I hit a metal rod. And uh, I didn't have insurance, so my uncle, who's OG Wayne, he, he stitched me in the bathroom. And, like, with, like, topical lidocaine. Like, I felt the needle, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, and then I got stitches on my hand. And anyway, so, uh, so wounds. I mean, you, uh, there's different things that can happen, different wounds you can encounter. Um, again, like, you know, wash your hands. I mean, uh, part of the wound treatment or it's just so that it doesn't get infected and that it heals. Um, so, I am from Peru. I mean, some of the traditional things there that people, like when I was visiting as a medical student, there was uh, a kiddo, newborn, maybe less than two weeks old, coming with omphalitis. You guys know what's omphalitis? It's like belly button infection, stump. You know, when babies are born, have it. We asked them, like, why? What's going on? Like, oh, we, 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 the way we dry this, we put urine on it. So the baby was born, and they were putting urine on it, okay? So one thing that I really like what Dr. Weisbach does overseas, when she's teaching this, she usually is like, what do you guys do for wounds? What do you guys do for burns? What do you guys do here? So it's always good, important to know, because they do not put mud or feces on the wound. It's not a joke. <laughs> like, it's just there's stuff that happens. Like, and so the other part is, like, this is more like a public health thing, like, that... The whole community is kind of used to wash their hands, that they're pooping away from their water source. And, like, this is, this is more like a public health, like, plug, right? Um, and so, and that they're washing their hands after, you know, using the toilet or, or whatever they use. Uh, this is kind of like basic, you know, wash your hands, you clean the wound. I don't have as many pictures as the, as the burn part, but um, if it's bleeding... It's hard to clean if blood is coming out. I don't know if you guys tried to clean something when blood is coming out. Like, or, or, or have you heard, like, or watch on TV, kind of like, you know, the, the surgeon is like, you know, what is this? Like, suction, suction, suction. Because cause if, I don't know, if you're those who are in med school or have rotated there, it's like, yeah, you can't do anything when blood is there. Like, um, and also, you don't know if it's clean because you want to make sure all the stuff, however it happened, whether the person fell and has a huge gash. There might be rocks, there might be dirt. You, you, don't, you don't know. If you start cleaning it without being able to see, then it's not going to heal. It's going to get infected. Um, so you want to clean it, remove everything, um, and then, like, uh, yeah, I'll just skip this here. Different ways, cleansers, like saline, hydrogen peroxide. This is the iodine. This is fine because this is, as far as, it's not like a burn, okay? Um, just to clean it. The, the, I'll tell you another story. There's a young kid two blocks down. I live in Memphis in the kind of like inner city area. And so some of the, the one, one kiddo, he was, I don't know what he was doing, but he was jumping a fence. And like he cut his leg on the glass. And I'm like, glass fence? You're not telling me the whole truth. Like, what's going on? He's like, I was jumping a fence. Okay. So he, he got his stitches. Like, um, 
he got stitches, and then like they then they call me, hey, can you? My friend who was also taking care of him is like, hey man, you need to go look at him. You think he's got a fever? You know, I go look in there. It's like pus coming out and stuff like that. So we had to, we took him to the children's hospital. You know, I actually I took the stitches off his leg, and then pus come out. And then took him to the hospital. He was febrile. I was like, oh my gosh, and. They, they had to do an MRI to make sure he didn't have an um, infection of the bone, like osteomyelitis. He did not, so that was, I was like, uh, like we were praying, like, lower lane, no, have osteo, because once you get osteo, it's hard to heal. Like, it's in the bone, it's, it's just a very long, long process, and sometimes may not even heal. But, um, but yeah, I think on that one, looking back, I think maybe... He should not have gotten the stitches because it was too all over. We'll go into when not to stitch. Okay. Um, so yeah, you remove, you clean, you apply. Uh, these are some of the solutions. If you don't have stuff, you can make it. Okay. If you're in the middle of nowhere, you can make it. You just need something to boil water and your containers in which you're going to put the clean uh, solution. Okay. And um, and this is how I mean. This is, I think it's important just to see it. Like sometimes we, we don't know. Um, and then you just let it boil for 15 minutes, okay, to clean the stuff. Um, to make your solution, same thing, okay. You just put like salt in it, like basically two, uh, two teaspoons for four cups. Or you can keep it in your, um, you know, close for like three days if you don't open the jar. But then after three days, don't you reuse it? Or don't use it. So, um. but you can't do that. Yeah, I mean, that, that's a great question. I think I will be like, I'll just do what we have kind of thing. Like, this is what we have, this is what we can do. Like, because the other option is like, do nothing, or like, so I, I would just say like, just do what we have. Right? If, you, if you have water and iodine, should we dilute it, or should we just pour mm-hmm. a full iodine? Mm-hmm. 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 I, I don't think it matters, it's iodine. Like, uh, if you have the resources, yeah, use it. Like, I don't know, anybody with background on that, like iodine and skin wounds? So I initially, like, so a bullet wound usually is, like, at least the way we treat in Memphis, we have a lot of bullet trauma. It's, like, it's a sterile. A bullet wound is sterile, but it's going to get, it, it has one of the greatest potential getting infected. So, like, if I shoot myself right now, it's, it's like a sterile wound. It's not like I fell on poop or something like that. But it will get dirty quickly, right? Because it's a huge open wound. So I, I would, I mean. We're getting away from iodine, especially Yeah, I think the iodine is. Yeah, I think that, so. If you're in a urgent situation, you want to get it cleaned up, that's fine. Yeah, I think, I think like Dr. Ebersole just mentioned, like if it's urgent, you got to get cleaned up, right? I think. Yeah, it's kind of like, you know, when, when they ask me to clear a patient for surgery, the first step, is this an emergency surgery? Because if it's an emergency surgery, I don't need to clean, you know. They don't need my signature to, to give them the go to the surgery. It's like, they're going to die, <laughs> you know. Like, 
And so, so I think it's, you know, if the, the degree of uh, necessity of emergency that, that needs to be addressed. Like, uh, now, if it's, you know, I don't know, imagine I think most bullet wounds are emergent, so I think I will just try to clean it that way. Um, <coughs> Notice over here you see sugar, okay? You didn't see that for burns. Uh, you see that here, okay? Uh, um, have you guys heard of sugar to use for healing wounds? Yeah, I didn't either. Um, but um, actually, this, this thing started, I don't know where it started, but I think I saw an article on the BBC from Africa guy, they used it, and then they did some trials in England, and it's just like, oh, it's actually, it's helpful for, even they're using it for wounds that are resistant to all kinds of antibiotics. Somehow it, it like, uh, decreases the moisture, and like, it's kind of like a sterile environment, like honey can be, and so it, it helps heal the wounds. Um, aloe vera, you see honey here, aloe vera as well as the, for burns. And then, of course, yeah, if you have antibiotic treatment, you can use that too. Um, so, sugar solution. Would you make would you make two? Would you make two pastes two? for sugar? Two. Or just one. Oh, sure. Well, maybe two is the best around. So, let me get you. so she's an expert on this. Here's so, sugar, vegetable oil, make it into a paste. And then you put it on the wound, like, with a little, you can put a Vaseline on the border so you're making a well, or less. Because you don't want these solutions to be on the skin. You want it to be on the wound. Um. Yeah, the goal is to not make it too soupy. <coughs> I just pour some in. Here's the here's the spoon. You want to make it a paste, not runny, not thick, um, and yeah. So and then you put it on the on the wound and you put a well around it. Honey, caveats about honey. Um, some of the dogs here. What is the reason why we don't use some kids under one? Botulism. Yeah, botulism. Yeah. Yes, go go medical team. <laughs> so it's the same thing. You just clean the wound, you know, and then you just put the honey on the wound, um, and then use the thin layer, um, and then um, just again just change the wound just you know once a day or so. Like aloe vera, this is kind of cool, I think, because uh, you can just take peel one outside part of the plant and just put the other one on it. You know, and like that kind of almost serves as your cover as well. <laughs> you just put the ace bandage around it. Like, um, um, yeah, this is what I mentioned just the wound solutions for the wound, not for the skin. Um, and then bandaging, there's different bandages, simple dressing, just wrap it around. There's this other one, the butterfly bandage, there's sutures, okay. Um, the butterfly bandage is kind of like, um, Poor man's uh, stair strip. I don't know. You guys are familiar with stair strips? It's like you put it. It's kind of like it's like stitching without stitching, but just for simple, not not too deep ones. But um, uh, the simple dressing is kind of very similar to kind of like the burns part. Okay. Um, you don't want to do it too tight. Okay. This happens. 
this happens. When you're in med school, you're, you're rotating in the ER, they tell you to bandage it, you go, and then your, your, your supervisor attending or the resident goes, it's like, dude, this is, the toe is blue. Like, I have to undo it again. You guys, nursing, you guys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you guys are actually much better than the med students and the doctors <laughs> doing this. Uh, so, so, yeah, you, you want to make sure that it's not too tight. Um, butterfly bandage, let me see. This is like, I'll, I'll pass this around. Now who wants to try making a butterfly? So, not everybody has duct tape, but I had duct tape at home. Yeah. <laughs> so, the whole, idea, the whole idea of this is to create an area that doesn't stick to the wound. So, I'll just kind of show you, kind of, this is just kind of simple like that. Well, this is going to be a little tough with the duct tape, but, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, sorry, I didn't bring scissors. And, uh, <coughs> the whole idea is to create to create the area that's the sticky area and the non-sticky area. The non-sticky area will go into the wound. Um, yeah, this is the sticky area. Let me see. Sorry. So, roughly, it will look better than this, but <laughs> but you kind of create a non-sticky area, like that will go on the wound, and then you want to use that and like pull it like a stair strip to uh, approximate the wound edges. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, I may have to use a different tape for the next session. <laughs> uh, so, this is kind of cool. I mean, I have... When I was teaching this, it's like you put it there, and it really pulls your skin and really approximates the what? Bandage tape. Bandage tape works better. I should, yeah, I didn't, I didn't have bandage tape at home. Right. You bend it over so the sticky side doesn't go together. Yes. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. You flip it. Yes, that's the other one. That's what. Otherwise, really. yeah. Otherwise, we've got students stick the sticky side together, and then we've got a nice area. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. So I, I should try this at home before. <laughs> so I'm not going to pass this around. You know. um, stitches, you know, there's some, you can stitch, you know, if it, if it looks like it will, it's too separated, like the wound is too big, you, you might need to stitch it. But So it will, the whole goal of stitching is that it will heal faster, so there's less chance of, like, infection. It's, it's not, like... Wounds can heal without stitching. We call it secondary intention from the bottom up. Things you don't want to stitch are bites, like uh, wounds, like um, perforations, kind of like uh, infected wounds, and, and wounds that are like old. Okay. So I have my surgeon friend. He will not stitch anybody over like six hours. I know if you work in the ER, I work in the ER. Uh, ER, I will probably if it's been eight or under, I might stitch it. If it's been or older. Some places they might do it 12 or more. I don't know. Like my vet would stitch my dog 24 hours later. It was fine, but it's a dog. <laughs> so I don't know. I will just stick to like six hours or less. Yes? In a situation where you may be needing to take them somewhere else mm-hmm. to get that suturing, mm-hmm. is there anything that can be done if it's 
potentially longer than a six-hour journey to get there. Okay. Like, can you use, can you wash that with sailor or anything mm-hmm. that you can do so that when they get to that hospital, if it's beyond six or 12 hours, they could still suture it? Yeah, I think that the best thing is to, uh, if you are, if it happens or they come to you, yeah, keep it clean. Like, clean it, clean it, clean it. And then, like, I don't know of anything that can be done to elongate the time to stitch, you know. Um, I'm not familiar with any techniques that will allow the tissue to do that. Because I think some of the stuff happens already on the tissue that will not allow it to to heal. And Sorry, question? If you're in a remote area and you yeah. have to suture and you're the only one there and it's a fairly large wound that's not mm-hmm. going to just heal by secondary mm-hmm. infection, you can... If it's like a 12-hour wound or a 24-hour wound, you can oh. actually make the wound bigger and make a new wound mm-hmm. and then stitch it together. Yeah. Okay, so that's, that's really good way to... Yeah. Um, the, I think the story I told about um, the young man that jumped the fence, it was probably maybe 11 hours after or so, and uh, it didn't heal, and they got really infected. He almost... I mean, he was septic. I mean, he made the criteria for sepsis. He had fever, tachycardia, source of infection, uh, breathing fast. Uh, thank goodness he was young. His pressure, he, he could probably withstood that for maybe 24 hours or something. But, yeah, he, I mean, left untreated, he could have died, like, for a, a wound that was stitched about 11 hours. Uh, you know, it was about 5-centimeter wound. It wasn't, like, that big, like, um, so infection, I think for, we talk about, in med school, we talk about color, tumor, rubber, uh, dolor, uh, the pillars of infection, you know, like warmth, redness, uh, uh, pain, uh, swelling, okay? So notice some of the similarities to a burn, okay? Does the burn have swelling? I mean, sometimes at the edges it do. Is the, red, is the burn, like, red? Yeah, like... Is a burn an infection? Like, you know, there's there's uh, some things that you, it's n- yeah, it's, no, a burn is not an infection, but it can become infected, so need to be careful to distinguish between them. Like, so normally some of the things I keep in my mind is like a burn, you know, if you have a burn, the redness will be around the burn, whereas the redness in the infection extends beyond that area. They talk about a two-centimeter border, like the of hyperemia, like the redness around the wound. Uh, of the burn. Uh, this is some infected burns, uh, it's wounds, I mean. Um, as you can see on, on this, on the slide of the arm, you see the streaking. So imagine if there was a burn by the, by the pen on that arm, the, the hyperemia would be just around the pen. It wouldn't go up or anything like that. So that's, this is a, uh, called streaking. And then, uh, so if you were to touch that person's elbow or the armpit, you'll feel some lymph nodes, some bumps there. It's just areas, it's just covering like uh, lymphadenitis part of, from the infection. Yeah. Uh, once I can get infected with bullet wounds, uh, um, certainly bites. And uh, yeah, the, so a lot of times we talk about which animals. Sometimes the little animals, they leave their teeth in there, like, you know, when they bite you. So you want to make sure that those things are out. Um, the, so taking care of these wounds, like wash well with water and soap, or if you're in Syria, like what, what you got, whatever you got, like iodine, um, remove anything that's in there, bandage it, and like don't close it. 
Uh, and if anything, just also another thing, like washing your hands, tetanus vaccine. If you have tetanus vaccine, you might as well, you have to give it. Like, um, I don't, when I finished residency in Kentucky, I work at a clinic, University of Kentucky Clinic in the small interstate area, Polk Dalton. I think Dr. Polk took care of, uh, in that clinic, of somebody with tetany, like, uh, for like days and so on, like, uh, but like, that person survived. But this is, you know, maybe who knows, 80 years ago or so. I don't. Has anybody seen tetanus? Like, I imagine people overseas. Too many times. Too many times. A dozen times a year. Yeah. Oh, I just can't imagine like seeing this. Like, oh. Yeah. Yeah, so it's uh, basically your, the muscles are contracted. Like it's just it, it has to be so painful. Like, um, thankfully, I mean, the United States. I don't think anybody has trained the United States. Has, has anybody seen tennis in the United States? Yeah, so that's that's a kudos for the vaccination over here. Kid in the media this past summer from out west, the unvaccinated kid. The unvaccinated area. Yeah. Um, so, infection. So I tried this on myself. I had a little, a little wound on my back, on the back of my head. So I put some warm stuff because I was actually my lymph node was swollen and tender over here, and uh, so I was like, well, I need to practice what I'm teaching. So, because I, I met the criteria, I was tender, red lymph nodes. I had lymphadenitis. I needed antibiotics. So I was like, hey, let's see if this works. It's like, let's see if Dr. Wars <laughs> So I did it. I did it. And it, it healed. <laughs> like, warm and stuff. And like, yeah, I didn't become septic. I didn't have fever or anything like that. So if you have a wound that comes from, you can put warm compresses, raise it above the heart level. Um, and then, you, you know, as things, if things get worse, you, you definitely need antibiotics. Okay. Depends on where you are. Like, I grew up in Peru. I keep uh, said that before. Some of the areas in the mountains in Peru is like, the closest center is like two days on a horse. So if somebody breaks a leg, you're like, the recommendation is put them on a horse and they get there. Like, with a broken leg? Yes, with a broken leg. <laughs> yeah. Um, so sometimes, so this is more like if you're in those areas, it's like you can do this. If they're, if you're in the city that they just need to go to the doctor, the ER, or not the ER, but most, at least in Ghana, it was the hospital was in the ER. That's where, and so... That's this is what you can do. Uh, I've seen this almost too many times in the inner city of Memphis. Like, a patient, new patient comes in, and you just walk in and smells, and like, um, and you're like, "Why are you here?" And I was like, and all the time they may not tell me that's like, you, is there something else? Oh yeah, my foot. Okay, well, <laughs> okay, let's do this. So, and you know, it's it's just the smells bad. Like, this is not a burn, you know. It's just, it has a blister. It's not a burn. Um, one way is like, how did you, how did this happen? They'll tell you, oh, you know, I've had this for a while. Um, they will not tell you, oh, they will not. Tell, oh, it's boiled water. No, this is not a burn, guys. It's, it's a blister. But and then you touch it, maybe tender. Sometimes maybe just cold, like dark. Um, yeah, this is. They need to go to the hospital. They may need surgery and, and definitely antibiotics for sure. Um, this is what I was talking when I started opportunities to, to talk with your patients. Uh, some similarities. Um, I like to 
a lot of times I talk with my patients, just the reason why they come to see me, I try to talk about that related to uh, what's going on. Like, a lot of times I may have, you know, patients coming in. I mean, young women coming in kind of like for STD check. They're, sec- they're being sexually active. They, so I told them, it's like, why, why are you having sex? Like, they're like, I just, I don't know, I don't know. Like, so I asked them, it's like, what, 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 like, are you looking for, att- like, for love? I was like, yeah. So what happens? Why do they leave? They're like, oh, man, there, there's a man that will never leave you. And they're like, what, who? Who's like, Jesus, he, you know, he gave his life for you. And so, uh, and so, anyway, so I'm just saying like some example of just relating what's going on with how you can share about you, like, because I also share from my personal life with, um, with the patients, oh, this happened to me, this is what happened to me, this is how the Lord saved me or redeemed me. It's like, I think it's, I think we see Paul use that a lot, like, oh, the chief of sinners, you know, like, uh, he, he used his life, I used to do this, now I do this, like, it's okay. Um, it may not be okay, sometimes in medical, they may, they might say, don't do that, you know. Um, but there's uh, some slides over here. I, I put them, uh, copies of this for the, like there's this one. There's the, the ways to wash your hands. Uh, and I think I have the two other more uh, papers you can take over there. Uh, any, any questions? Yes, sir. Uh, we use silvadine a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, is, is that better than the sugar? And the taste that you make, or I think I read about the um, the Yeah, I read about it. It works. I think they're making a new way of that. Like there is maybe less corrosive to the skin. That that maybe they're saying, oh, maybe use that as well. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like if you have it, if that's all you have, use it. Yeah. Any other questions? Yes, ma'am. So, at what point does the patient have to, um, like, have the gangrene cut off? So, like, become infected? So, at what point does the patient have to have the, I guess, the foot cut off in a way with gangrene? So, a lot of times, gangrene is dead tissue; it's not going to heal. I have not seen a patient that hasn't got anything cut off when I've sent them for. Um, and actually, like on that picture. It's similar to one of my patients. I, w- I would think that it will be cut off, <laughs> like, all of it. But actually, I think I have multiple patients that it was just more like they just cut off maybe two or three toes or so. Um, maybe not the full extent. But it really is what they do. They go and then they stabilize the patient, usually, and then go to the OR. They clean and then they cut, cut. <laughs> I don't know how often they cut, but they, they cut until there's no dead tissue. They clean it. Like ever so. Yeah, there's, 
it's basically sterile. Like the uh, the amount of the, the environment of the honey is just sterile. Like, um, and then the the sugar in the wound is somehow it just sucks the moisture as well, and it has that sugar environment that don't um, don't allow for bacteria to grow. Um, then I, I did read a question about it. It's like, oh, what if it's a diabetic patient? And it's just like, well, <laughs> well, it's like it's not glucose, right? It's a sucrase, and you need an enzyme to make glucose, and it's also in the wound, so it's, it's not, you, sh- you should not raise their sugar, <laughs> like, from, from putting sugar on the wound. Like. Yeah, it's just, it's, it creates the moisture, yeah. Yeah, it like, it sucks the moisture and creates a barrier. Yeah. Yes, sir. If you do get an infection with the burn, what antibiotic do you Oh, so infection with the burn. What antibiotic? I mean, I would just use just your, depending on where you are. I mean, in the U.S., the practice is like, oh, you look at your biogram, what kind of, you know, your staff, MRSA, strep, like, just go with that. I don't know. I will refer to the trauma burn person. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, it just depends on what you can do, I think. If you have the ability to culture, culture, and cover, otherwise yeah. cover... Um, as much as you can, probably. Yeah. Uh, or start smaller, but if it's, you know, they're not getting better, then you're going to have to broaden your coverage. That yeah. might be a way to Yeah, the stuff it. I read, like, they favor biopsy of the wound, of the burn, to see what to do. Yeah, when sorry. When you're in Syria, we're dealing with a lot of other wounds, and, like, oh. full scalps removed. And so, what would you do with what antibiotic would be best for a kid in that situation? Like, if their scalp is burned yeah, I mean, this, this gets tricky because, like, it, it, I think overseas you have some limitations, right? Yeah. In the States, this is it's like, oh, just give them bang and zozo. Yeah, they're like, we just start with a good staff. What we have is cloxacillin, yeah. and we don't have cultures. Yeah. So we can't do that when I say it, and it's yeah. So you, you put it on and you just see if it works, and if it doesn't work, then you move up the next antibiotic. The only drug I have beyond the basics is I keep a little stock of marabenum somewhere, which is my gorilla cylinder. Yeah. Nothing else works. Yeah. What what I've seen happen is in the states, you start big, you start shooting atomic bombs, and you reduce it down. What I've seen overseas, you start with your little like you know little little gun and see if it works, like. Well, I think it's what what, what you have. Like, um, you don't get to see them again. Yeah, and the good thing, at least, the good thing is they probably haven't been exposed to too many things. Right? I would say, depending on the culture, where I'm from, I can go to the pharmacy and get whatever I want. Like, so I'm probably I've probably been exposed to a lot of amoxicillin growing up, but like in some other places, no. Like, the, there's probably not that issue. But okay. Any other questions? I think we have a few more minutes. Okay. So I put the, like the wound, wounds and spiritual wounds and the, the tippy tap, the how to make this this thing work. Don't use that tape. Um, and um, yeah, they're over there. Just please, if you want. Now, if you want, I don't have enough for everyone. If you want it, just like... Maybe uh, you can email me, or you can uh, let me know. I can email you the, the stuff.
Okay, so I'm going to put my email over here. Thank you.